Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. So with that, let's go ahead and jump on in. We're in week two of our series of sermons, 2020 Vision for 2022. And when I was growing up, I, I, I thought about this quite a bit. I, I looked at it like this, right? There seemed like there were only three superheroes in the entire world that really mattered. Or at least to me anyways, right? I bet you can name those superheroes. Batman, right? Uh, Superman. And who else? Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man. No, see? No, no. All right? Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man, right? But, t- but today... But in today's world, there's superheroes, they're everywhere, from, from Iron Man to the Black Panther to Thor, Captain Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange, Tom Selleck even, right? Probably my favorite, whatever he's in, right? right? There seems to be no limit to the number of superheroes and the movies that they produce every year. And, and I am, for one, a sort of a fan. I like them, right? And there's something captivating about a, a superhuman. I mean, think about it, right? There's just something that, that just draws our attention and captivates our minds. There's something fascinating about someone who has a unique or unusual ability around them that they use. And they use that ability to help people and do good in their community, in their world, right? right but for uh, most of those heroes, when we watch those movies or if you, if you read those comics, uh, there's some sort of a, a tragic backstory, isn't there? Right? Which, which makes them a little bit even more relatable to us, to, to regular uh, Jimmys and Joes like us. Right, we may not know what it's like to fly around or to, to shoot webs out of our hands, right? But we all know what it's like to suffer or to have life not really go our way. Right, so take, take a look, look at this, right? This suffering is what makes these superhumans human. Right? The, the backstory, the suffering that they went through is what makes them a little bit relatable. But more than that, these heroes are willing to sacrifice something personal for the greater good, aren't they? Right? In fact, sacrifice seems to kind of be a requirement for the job of superheroes. Right, heroes, uh, they always have to give up something to save the day. They always have to lay something down uh, to have to say no to something. And so now, right, take, take a look at this. This is what it becomes. Uh, they do this. They make the sacrifice because gaining something valuable almost always requires some kind of personal sacrifice. That's what it comes down to, right? Isn't there something powerful about watching someone sacrifice right, in order to, to save? I mean, think about it. 
Right? The, the principle doesn't, doesn't just apply to silly superheroes. It's just as powerful to see ordinary people sacrifice when a person uh, puts their career on, on hold so their spouse can chase after their dreams. There's something exciting and captivating about that. A dad who sacrifices part of his financial future to invest in his kid's education. Or a a single mom working multiple jobs to do the same. Sacrifice. Something captivating about that. A teacher or a a coach who spends the extra time with their students just because they believe they can accomplish great things in life. Or when you hear the story of a, of a stranger who risked and, and sacrificed their life for the sake of someone they just didn't even know, but they still sacrificed. Now, while it's, a, it's amazing to see someone acting in a sacrificial way, it is even more powerful when someone sacrifices for our good, for our own Uh, benefit for our own success, right? There is no greater or more meaningful act than someone sacrificing on our behalf. But, But here's the truth about sacrifice. And I know it's one of those words, right? One of those buzzwords, but here's the truth. The, the tension that we need to face this morning or the onion that we need to peel, right? Take, take a look at this, right? We all love sacrifice as long as someone else is doing the sacrificing, right? And we love those stories as long as it is someone else and not ourselves. Sacrifice seems noble when it's someone else saying no. Sacrifice seems noble when when someone else is laying down their life. Sacrifice seems noble and captivating when it is someone else willing to lose something to gain something. We just never want to do it ourselves, right? We just don't. I mean, let's be honest, Foundry Church, right? We hate denying ourselves of anything, don't we? I'm just being honest, right? We hate telling ourselves no, right? We would never say this out loud, but, but a lot of us think we deserve uh, both what we want now and what we want later. So when it comes to personal sacrifices, uh, let's acknowledge that it is really, really difficult for us. Right, that it's, it's a little bit hard. Right? In fact, it's so difficult that for a lot of us, even, even when there are things in our lives that require uh, sacrifice in order for that thing to be saved, we just won't do it. Right? We, won't, we won't save them. For example, maybe your, your finances need saving. Right? Your, your debt is growing and the, the savings are, are shrinking or not even existent. But you can't sacrifice the, the daily latte or the, the home decor or the clothes or the vacations or the golf or whatever it is that keeps draining your resources. Now maybe it's our, our health that needs saving. Right, just as an example, maybe you're slowly pulling on the pounds or you, you found yourself breathing heavy after any kind of activity, but you don't want to stop eating and, and you don't want to start exercising. And maybe it's a relationship that needs saving. 
right? The, the relationship with your, your son or daughter is broken and it's getting worse by the day, but moving in their direction would mean sacrificing your pride or, or maybe it will look like condoning their behavior and you don't want to sacrifice uh, your, your perceived principles, right? Or even the, the marriage relationship needs saving, Right, just as an example, it's, it's not in a good place, and you both know it. You know there are things that you need to stop doing, or that there, there are things you need to start doing, but you just can't do it because you don't want to get better. You just don't want to admit that um, you're wrong. You would rather be right, and so you don't save your relationship. So even when we know we can take steps, and take action in saving something, even when there are people uh, we love and, and people we care about who are greatly affected uh, by our decision not to save it or not to do that or not to sacrifice, we're still unwilling to sacrifice. And that's a big tension, isn't it? And that's, a, that's a big onion we got to peel, right? We, we often just, just don't do it. Right? And look again, we gotta, we got to grab a hold uh, and accept this, this messed up truth, right? We believe in the idea of sacrifice, we just don't want ha- have to practice it ourselves. Right? We just don't want to practice it ourselves. But even though we don't want to give up anything, all of us still want a better future. Like we've been talking about the last week or so, right? right? And that's what vision is. Vision is, is just simply defined as a preferred future, right? It's, it's a, a better future, a, a destination, right? Uh, the, the thing we're looking forward to, it's the travel brochure, it's the, the picture as our screensaver, the, uh, you know, the vacation destination. It's the preferred place we want to find ourselves in. So we, we live in this tension between the changes we want in the future and how we want to act and live in the present. Right? And, and then this is what happens. Right? Our, our fear of sacrifice can keep us blinded to the future we want. It can keep us blinded to the vision that, that God has for us. So, so here's the question to help us address this tension, to peel the onion, is this, right? Our, how can we avoid, right? How can we avoid being blinded by our fear of sacrifice? How can we uh, avoid being blinded by our fear of sacrifice so we can see and live our way into a better future? to go to that preferred destination, to fulfill that vision. Now, not to surprise anyone here, right? But Jesus actually has a great conversation with his disciples about this very issue, about sacrifice. So, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter uh, 16 is where we're going to be. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you. And you can take those with you. They are free for you to have, to use, to take, to give away. They're for you. Or you can download the app that Paul mentioned earlier. You download the app. There is a Bible tab there. You click the Bible tab, and today's scripture is already pulled up there for you. But as you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of context. 
Right? Jesus asked his disciples a pretty significant question. Right? In Matthew chapter 16, he wanted to know who they thought he was. Right? So he pulls his disciples together and he says, who do you think I am? Right? Jesus asks this question. Did they think he was just a, a good man? Right? Was that what they were thinking? Right? Did they think he was a, a prophet or even a, a reincarnate prophet uh, like Elijah or Jeremiah? And Peter, answering for the entire group of disciples, said this, you are the Messiah, <laughs> the son of the living God. Verse 16 there of, uh, of chapter 16. Right? And Jesus confirmed that Peter's right. Good job, Peter. <laughs> Good job, right? You're right. He then told them that he was building a church that could overcome anything, even hell itself, he says. Now, wow, right? I mean, that is just a, a huge moment. If you're the disciples, you're, you're starting to think, that's what I'm talking about, man. Hey, you're, you're getting excited. You're giving each other high fives and chest bumps, and you're, you're getting pumped up because this is what you had thought was the purpose behind all of this from the very beginning, right? Jesus had just made the big reveal that he is exactly who they had hoped he was, a, a conquering hero, and he's going to save the day. But then Matthew tells us this in verse 21, where I want to look at today with you, all right? Verse 21 of chapter 16 says this, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Right? Jesus, right? Our Lord right, had just told his disciples that he's the hero and that even hell wasn't going to stop him. And then right after saying that, he said he was going to suffer, that he, he must be killed. He was going to endure many things, right? The disciples probably had no idea what to do with this information. They, they were just told who Jesus is, Right? They thought they were going to win. They were going to be successful. Right? Look, look at this. Right? Heroes, right? They, don't, they don't win by dying, do they? No. Heroes win by winning. Right? And that's what's going on in the disciples' minds right now. If, if Jesus dies, then the, uh, the game is over. There's nothing to move forward in, right? Time and time again in the Gospels, Jesus clearly told his disciples, his followers, about God's plan for him to die and to be raised back to life, but they just didn't get it. Right? They just didn't get it. They were completely blinded. They had the, not the vision, right? right? But this time, for whatever reason, Peter directly asked Jesus about this, this seeming contradiction. Look at, look at verse 22. But Peter took him aside, which is kind of funny in and of itself, right? Jesus, let me, come here, let me, let me teach you some things. <laughs> Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him. Now he's just going, digging his own grave, for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, that this will happen to you. 
right? And in other words, right, Jesus, you're being ridiculous, man, right? That is not going to happen to you. There has to be another way. There's got to be. There's got to be something better, something more successful, something more purposeful in the future, right? This, this moment, this conversation illustrates why so many of us have difficulty sacrificing, especially for that preferred future, for that vision, right? Like Peter, we tend to believe there has to be another way. There's got to be a workaround, a trick play, a, a, a quick get-rich scheme, right? right? I can fix this without having to go through the suffering and the sacrifice and the mess. Right? I think we all understand this. It's like this, right? I want to be healthy, but I don't want to diet and exercise. Right? I'd rather take a pill or drink a shake. Right? Or I, I want to get a great relationship with my kids when they grow up. I want to have this, this wonderful relationship with them, but I, I don't want to stop traveling. I don't want to put my phone down in the evenings or actually talk to them. Right? So I'll just buy them more stuff or just hand them the iPad. Right? I, I want a great marriage, but I don't want to, I don't want to stop or start doing something for, for my spouse. I, I, I don't want to go to get help or counseling. It's just too hard, too embarrassing. I don't want to sacrifice. So I'll just keep doing what I am doing or what I'm not doing and hope everything will just work itself out. See, we all want to take a different road to change. A road that is without suffering. A road that is without sacrifice. We all believe that we're smart enough, we're tough enough, we're talented enough just to to figure it out on our own. But we're not. Deep deep down, I think we all know that choosing the, the easy road does not deliver the results that we want. Think about it, right? It just doesn't, right? It cannot deliver the, the, the change we want. It can't get us to that vision, to that preferred future, right? And Jesus, of course, knew this, which is why he told his disciples this in verses 24 through 25. Take a look at that. It says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Give it up. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. You will save it, he says. Now, Founder Church, lean in, all right? I get, get this, right? Jesus was basically saying to experience the, the life that he has in store for us, right? Life to the full, life abundant, Our best life, a life that is forged on him, it will require sacrifice. It will require sacrifice. It'll take a little bit of of pounding of a hammer on top of an anvil, a little bit of pain, a little bit of of fire to quench, right? There, There are no loopholes or alternatives to save what needs saving. There's only one hero's path that you can take. 
right? Jesus was willing to sacrifice to save what needed saving, right? His invitation is for us to follow him and to do the very same thing, right? Don't be blinded into believing that there is another way, right? See what needs sacrificing and be willing to do it. Right? How was Jesus willing to do this? Right? How could he, he find the strength to choose sacrifice? We'll take a look. Because he kept his eyes on the life after the sacrifice. He kept that vision in front of him. Right? On the vision, the preferred future, he knew that there was a resurrection that was coming. He knew that, right? And a resurrection is worth dying for, isn't it? Right? Jesus knew what he wants us to know. Seeing a better future always requires sacrifice. Grab a hold of that. Because it's a tough truth, but one that's necessary. Now, I've said this before, and we've talked a lot about this uh, here at the Foundry Church. Uh, This is the only thing. This is the only thing uh, close to a formula that you're going to find in the Christian faith. Right? Like, a, um, I'm not good at math, but like a 2 plus 2 equals 4 formula. Algebra formula. Right? Do you want a better marriage? The pattern is sacrifice to experience new life in that marriage. That's, that's the formula. That's the equation. Do you want a, a, a better future? Uh, die to the present and to the things that are holding you back. Sacrifice. Right? Do you want to see your, your health, your relationships with your kids and your relationship with your parents improve? Do you want to save your life? Right? The, the pattern is death and resurrection. The pattern is death and resurrection. And do you know how you do this? You do it by faith. You do it with faith, right? It takes faith to believe that this is true and to actually live this way, a life that is forged on God, right? We have to believe that Jesus, uh, what he said is true and what he said is, is promised to us, right? We have to open our eyes and trust him in every area of our lives, Right, we have to, to live knowing that if we sacrifice, right, Jesus promises life on the other side. And that's what it comes down to. As we talk about, about vision in the next couple weeks, about the specific things God is calling the Foundry Church to and, and things that we see on our horizon, it comes down to this, though. There's always going to be some sacrifice. But it's worth it. Death and resurrection. Can't have that resurrection without death. I'm going to have the band come up, and as they, as they work their way on up here, the life he promises may not look exactly like the life you thought it would be. But it, but it will be the life that God knows you need. And you'll never regret placing your faith in that. So today, I want to leave you with just uh, two simple questions, right? The first is this. What do you want 
to save. Right? I mean, what, what do you want to save, right? A relationship like we've been using as an example, your finances like we've been using as an example, right? Your, your future, right? And then the second question is this, what will you sacrifice to save it? What will you sacrifice to save it? Heroes can't save the day without sacrifice. Whatever it is, it will be worth it. So what do you want to see changed in your life? Right? Think about those two questions, right? And what do you want to see more clearly? Right? All of us can start the process of having Jesus open our eyes to how it can be done. He can show us the sacrifice that we need to make, the sacrifice that is required of us. Right? You can make a, a phone call. Maybe that's the sacrifice. You can schedule a counseling meeting. Maybe that's the sacrifice. We have offices here, Safe Harbor. Maybe you just have to tell them you're sorry, cut up the card, take someone to lunch, start complimenting instead of complaining. You do whatever it takes and choose to follow the path that Jesus told us to lead life, right, the, the, the belief, the, the idea, the doctrine of this, the idea of sacrifice, death to life, death to resurrection, it is not just a belief we hold in, right, it is a life that we live, Founder Church, it's a way we live. A resurrected life, right? Follow me, Jesus said. Right? If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Right? Seeing, pursuing, and experiencing better futures always require sacrifice. Death of life, which is exactly what true heroes choose to do. Right? They, they open their eyes, they, they see the need, and they sacrifice to save the day. Because if, if you get anything out of today, like we said, seeing a better future always requires sacrifice. Let's stand, think about these things as we continue to worship and glorify our Lord this morning.